0: The series is called Family Values, and we're looking at at the things that that God has said, this is what I want you to to do, this is is how I want you to to be, this is is the way I want you to to walk and I want you to live, and you see, we're all heading in a direction, we're all heading in a certain direction, and we we have a a place that we want to be in our lives. And the very first thing we said is we can't go there unless we're actually heading in that direction. Our intention isn't enough. And so the next week what we looked at was the influence of our friends and the people around us and the people that we allow our, our children to hang out with, the people that we ourselves hang out with because we understand this, that our friends influence the quality and the direction of our lives. And it's important to know because the people that we spend time with immediately will affect the quality of the, the, the time that we have with them, but then also the direction of our lives. And if we all want to head somewhere in our lives, it's important for us to understand that those people are going to have influence on that. Last week we looked at this whole idea of time and the value of of not only having enough time to spend with our family and with our friends, and and not only thinking about the quality of the time that we spend with them, but but understanding this that there are there are times and there are moments that we're all heading towards. The analogy that we used last week was of a young girl heading towards her her wedding day. So think about this young couple heading towards their their wedding day. There is a time that's going to come where they will be married, and it's important for them to be prepared for it. So what they do now is going to help them get ready for that. And there are all these times and these things that are coming, whether it be tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be another day, and it's going to be another time. There's going to be different events that are going to happen. And are we being prepared now for the things that are, are to come? And if we value the people around us, we make sure that we are spending the time with them because as we looked at last week, the days are evil. The natural bent of this world is for people to to head down a path of destruction and hurt and sin because that's just the way the world is now. And so it's our job to come alongside them and spend the time in preparing them for times that may come, the times that that they may need to know to lead on God and, and His understanding. To know that there is a God that loves them more than anything in this entire universe, anyone else, so they are secure in the love of God. And so we look at these values and we understand this, that the most important thing that that we can hold on to is not the values that we say we have, but the values that we actually live out. Because for us to get to a destination one day, the thing that is going to drive that is our direction. And the direction is influenced by our values. And so it's not just enough to say that we value something, we have to actually Live it out. And we're going to look today um, at a man who, who lived out the values that he spoke about. And he actually applied them to his life. And the impact on his immediate context was, was, was incredible. Today, we, as we finish up, finish up the series, I want us to think about something that we probably have all thought about at some point in time. We probably would all say that this is important. But the truth is, I don't think, and I'm speaking for myself here, but I think this is true for all of us. I don't think all of us put the importance on this thing that I'm going to speak about today. I don't think we fully understand the significance of what could happen if we really wrap our minds around this. And here is what I'm talking about today. I think we all believe this to be true, and I think we do have some level of importance on there. But I don't think you and I fully understand the impact and we don't fully understand the trace. We don't fully understand the mark. We don't fully understand the legacy that we'll leave and the importance that that will have on the people that come behind us and the people that follow us and the people that watch us from day to day. Today we're talking about a legacy. Today we're talking about leaving a mark or, or a trace. A couple of weeks ago I spoke to you and I, I, I told you that I'd been on a, a camping trip And because I'm not a very, like, I don't know how you're a good camper. I guess you come back alive. Uh, Then then you're a good camper. I'm not a very good camper, but I came back alive-ish, a little bit of sunburn, but I was okay. But I went on the the interweb to find out what it is that I need to know. Like, is there a list? And I'm, I'm ashamed to admit this, Father. I googled checklist for camping. And I went and immediately deleted it and like closed the window because I thought if my dad walks in and he sees me looking at you know checklist for camping he's just going to walk straight out and he won't talk to me for a while because i was i was thinking what is I, i'm i'm going to forget something i haven't been camping in years and what happens if i get there and i don't know what i'm what i'm doing and i and i have no food that seems to be important right so food's on the list and there was just the list was huge it was massive camping is hard it's not that kind of thing where oh, we're going to take a tent we're going to hang out and we're just going to spend time in the wilderness that's cool but the preparation is massive it's exhausting by the time you get there like thank goodness i have this holiday from this holiday because i I'm tired, but in all my research and all the looking that I that I that I did, I came across this code of ethics called "leave no trace." Any of you in, in the room, campers, you know, outdoorsmen, really love the wild. Have you ever heard of "leave no trace"? You, you heard that phrase before. What it actually is is there are actually seven things that you can check off on on a list to make sure that you leave no trace. As a camper, it's one of the most important things as someone who's spending time out in the wilderness, in God's beautiful environment that he's given us, that we leave no trace. And it's incredible when you're in a place where there is no trace of man. And so we're up and we're hiking through the berg, and the only trace that there is is this, this path that is just leading through uh, through the um, through the mountain and then up over these, you know, the escarpments. And then it, it goes down here and then it splits and it, it travels out into these, these different areas. And it's, it's absolutely incredible because you have this untouched, beautiful countryside. And then all of a sudden, you, it's almost like man has put his finger and just drawn these lines as to where people should go. Now, we need the pods and those things are important. But other than that, you do not see any trace of man. Ryan and I got onto the path and we started walking. And for a full day and night, we saw no no, other person, nothing else. But it's amazing how when you're walking along a path and there's like a frog and a cricket and then like you think what's a snake and you let out a very manly scream and you keep keep going along. A little piece of tinfoil this big sticks out like a sore thumb. You can see that thing a mile away. A chip packet just kind of left. You can see that thing. An, an, old, an old, like, th- this is what I saw. You know when you, you have a straw and then you take the wrapper off a straw? It wasn't even the long bit. It was the bit that you throw away. They're like In a restaurant, you didn't even think about it. In the wilderness, in God's green earth, out there in the middle of nowhere, you will find that little thing over there off the path, and you will see it. Why? Because it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong out there, but you see it. And, and you can, you can pick, it, pick up on it, and your eye goes to it automatically. Because we're not supposed to leave a trace out there, and we appreciate the fact that there is no trace of other people out there. Because it would be terrible if you're walking along, and there was just junk and trash just all along the path. And when you finally got to your campsite, you had to kick you know, bottle cans out of the way just to find a place to put your tent. And we got to our campsite, and there was one little packet. And I was like, this is disgusting. <laughs> this is horrendous. How, how could they leave this one single packet out on the ground? I, I don't even want to sleep here anymore. It was one honestly one like, little tiny packet that some guy had probably left. And so when we came to leave, we're packing up our bags. It is everything you take, you have to take back. And so you have to try and crumple up bottles, and you ne- when you go back, you never pack as well as when you went there. You ever notice that? When you go back from holiday, it's like the hardest thing. It's like, it all grew, some I grew, but how did the, f- I don't understand how the clothes grew, it just doesn't fit. But we we couldn't figure out how to do it, and, and the whole time we're going, leave no trace, leave no trace, leave no trace, because we know that the people who come after us, if they look and see that there's, you know, there's a can over there, and there's a packet over there, and there's, you know, like... Half of our, our dinner lying over there, they're, they're going to get upset. And they had our number, and they would phone us, and we'd <laughs> get a fine. No, But the thing was this, that we appreciated seeing the environment and God's creation for, for what it was. And we're not supposed to leave a trace when we go out into, into the bush. But what if I were to tell you that your life was the exact opposite of that, that you are meant to leave a trace? that you are meant to leave a mark, that you are meant to leave some kind of impact in the environments in the world in which you live. And in fact, you can't help but leave a mark. You can't help but leave a trace. You can't help but leave a legacy. And so the question I want to ask you today is this. Are you living a life worth following? Are you living to leave a legacy worth following? Are you living in a way that will leave a legacy that you would want to actually leave behind? I was uh, I was looking up the definition of what a, of what legacy is because I, I was kind of hoping it would mean something that uh something else compared to what I thought it meant. But in the dictionary, this is what it means: a gift by will especially of money or other personal property, something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or predecessor uh, or from the past, an amount of money or property left to someone in a will, something left or handed down by a predecessor. So there's definitely this, this idea that that one day people are going to hand down some kind of legacy. And, and most of what's referred to when you look up the dictionary definition, it's actually some kind of monetary thing or some kind of physical thing that you're going to, to hand down from one generation to to the next, from the predecessor to the people that that follow. I was kind of hoping a legacy, it meant something else. And so I would like today to slightly redefine what maybe we think legacy means in our mind. Sure, I do want us to hang on to this idea that it is something that happens at the end of our lives, something that we are going to hand down and we are going to give down to the generations that come at the end of our lives. But I think there is something just as important to that, and it's this. That you and I, every single day, it's almost like we get to leave behind a daily legacy. Think about it. There are people that you will come into contact with every single day that you'll never see again. And so it's as good as you were gone to them. But what was the legacy that you left with that person that you only ever saw once? What about people that God chooses to bring into your life for a short amount of time, and then you you don't get to see them again? They they move away. You move away. You have different friends. Things change. But the question is, what is the daily legacy that you're leaving, Or, or the legacy over a period of time, the legacy that you find yourself leaving every single moment? Because like we said when we spoke about friends, you walk away from almost every interaction with someone, taking something of theirs with you. And you will choose to take the things you like, and the things that you take that you don't like, you will leave behind. Sometimes you find your way yourself talking like certain people, and you think, this is something I should try. And then your friends look at you, and they're like, why do you talk like that? When Kirst talks to her mom on the phone, she sounds completely different. You would not recognize her. When she speaks to, a, fr- to a, a parent from school, I get a little bit scared, because I realize, wow, she's clearly angry with this person, but very firm. Beautiful, but firm. And... And so there are these things that we take from people in every single interaction that we have. And so we've got to realize there is such a thing as a daily legacy, let's call it that, or a daily impact or a daily mark. And here's the thing, you can't hope to leave a legacy at the end of your life based on a whole bunch of values and a whole way of, uh, and a whole way of living that doesn't look like the daily legacy that you're leaving every day. Because it's not like we're going to mount a legacy over here that's going to look like this, and we're going to look at it at the end of our lives and go, I'm sorry, this is just not quite what I wanted. I want it to look like that. That's too late. That, that, that's, that's too late over there. We've got to ask ourselves, what is the daily legacy I'm leaving? Because here is what I want to leave at the end of my life. Here is what I want people to follow. Am I living to leave a legacy worth following today and tomorrow and for the rest of this year? Ultimately to the end of my life where people one day will choose to to follow or leave behind what I have lived out and what I have lived. I've never done this. I wish I had before today so I could tell you that I had this crazy list. And I don't know if you've done this before, but if you were to write down a list of the things that you were hoping to leave behind, parents to your to your kids or those of you who are you know, really close in a, in a group of friends, things that you would like for them to take, um, whether it be in, in your, your church environments. When, when I maybe one day, you know, when, I, when I look back at, at my, my 10 years in this church, what I want people to be finally following me in, in the way of, whether it be in, in discipleship or the way that I live, whatever it is. I don't know if you've ever written down any kind of list of, of legacy. Call it a legacy list. But if you did, what would it look like? You know, I'm guessing there would be things like, I want to teach people how to have respect. I want to teach them how to, to love. If I'm a believer, I want to teach them to love God for their heart, soul, mind, and strength. I, I want people to, I, I want my, my kids, I want them to love church. I want them to love the body of Christ. I want them to love each other. You know, if at the end of, of, of my time, if, if people at, at fellowship would love God and love one another, Lock arms in fellowship as they do life together and live like Christ. If, if, If I could leave some part of that behind, that to me would be one of the greatest legacies ever. And if my kids could hang on to that and take it wherever they go, to me that would be an excellent legacy. But have you ever thought of what it is you're going to leave behind at the end of your life? Or have you thought about what it is that you left behind in the conversation you had with somebody just before church today? Or the last conversation you had with someone yesterday? What is that legacy that you're leaving behind? Because at the end of your life, those things are going to add up. And that is what your legacy is going to be. And here's where this whole idea of family values comes into play. Because you can't say that you value respect and that you want your kids or the people around you to understand respect. If you don't actually live that out, if you don't value it yourself, I can't say that I want the people around me to value respect and to respect people if I don't do it myself. And so it's about checking ourselves, seeing what we truly value as parents and as, and as friends and as people who have this influence on everyone that's around us. You can't say that you value God and his word if you never read it and if you never apply it. Because here's what's going to happen. You can say, I want my family, I want my friends to value God and His Word and to live it out. But if they don't see you doing it, if they don't see value in your life, they're not going to learn it from you. They may learn it from someone else. But for the people that we care about the most, is that not something that we would want to pass on to them on a daily basis and even at the, the end of our lives, especially at the end of our lives? What about this? We spoke about church. Can you say that you value church? And yet you have no commitment to, to the things that, that you want to see, see happen. You have no genuine love for the people. And when things get tough, you kind of just pull back because you realize this isn't something that I want. You don't genuinely look out for the best interest of the people that are around you in this congregation. Your kids, your, your friends, the people that surround you aren't going to learn about the value of church from you. Even if you say you value church. And so it's important for us to not just say what we want to leave in a legacy or put down on the list. It's important for us to stop here and just pause for a second and say, before I do any of this, I've got to ask myself, is this something that I'm willing to do? Someone that I'm willing to be before I can think about leaving a legacy for anyone to follow. Today, I want to share with you a story out of the Old Testament of, of a legacy that was worth following and one that was based on God and His Word. So if you take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 1, we'll all go there together. Sorry, let's go to Deut- Deuteronomy chapter 31 first. Um, it's going to set up our story for us. We're going to show it up on the screen. You can follow along up there or follow along in your Bible. But here's where our, our story kind of picks up, because this is an ongoing story that just takes place throughout the, the Old Testament. This is something that we've spoken a lot about actually over the last couple of weeks. Where we are today in our story is, is, is familiar to a lot of you because of a couple of series that we've come out of. But a man by the name of Moses is leading God's nation, Israel, towards the promised land. And God had promised them a long time ago that he was going to give them this land and it was to be for them. It was to be their home. And so Moses is leading his his nation, God's nation, as a leader. He's he's bringing them through the desert. And finally they find themselves on the bank of the Jordan, and they're looking across to the land of of Canaan where where they see Jericho. And that's going to be their home one day. And God's going to give it to to them, and and that's where where they're going to live. But here's the incredible thing about the nation of Israel. They were to be, for the rest of the world, a, a representation of God on earth. Much like we are as the church today. The the people of the world were to look at Israel and they were to see, uh, we understand that you are following not a man, though Moses is your leader and you have leaders among you. You, You're not following some kind of of system or or plan that other governments and countries have in place. You're not following any other king. You're following Yahweh, the God of the universe. That's who you choose to follow. And they were to be an attractive nation to the people because they were distinctly different. Because they did not fear anything or anyone else other than God. And they had chosen to obey what he said. And they fully leaned into and trusted who he was. That was the plan of God for the nation of Israel. And imagine that in a sinful and a fallen world. Where where people saw that nation that I just described. They would honestly think, that, that, is a cra- that is a crazy thing to be seeing in this day and age. These people must belong to something or someone different. And they were to be for the, the world an attraction that others would, would come to and understand something of God by the way that they lived. And so they had laws and they had things that they had to do. But at the top of the list was, was to love God and to obey God and to trust God and to fear Him above everything and everyone else. And so here they stand. And they're at the, the banks of the Jordan. And Moses knows that he cannot go with them. Though he has led them to this point, though they have faced hardship, though they have faced hunger, though they have faced battles, though they have had times where they have turned away from God and have not done so well, Moses had, has led them there. God promised him that he would see this land. But God said to him, you're not going to get to go in, Moses. Moses had disobeyed him at, at one point, And the result was, he would not get to step foot in the promised land, but he got to see it. And at the end of his life, he gets to rehearse what God has done and what God will do. And so that's where we find ourselves in the book of, De- of Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse five. And I want you to listen to this very carefully. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, For the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. So Moses speaks to his people, and and what does he say? He says, do the things I have commanded you. You know, God gave Moses all of these laws and these instructions that they were to live out. If they were to be different, they would have to live these things out. He said, I want you to be strong and courageous. Come on, nation, you can do this. My people, this is something that you have to do. And realize God has gone before us, and he will go with us again. That's what he says to his people. And then he turns to a man by the name of Joshua who was going to take over from him. God had said, I want you to take this man, Joshua, and he is going to be the one that is going to actually lead them into the promised land. So he turns to Joshua and he says this, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, In the presence of all Israel, listen to this again, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance, Listen, the Lord himself goes before you and I will be and, and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. It sounds very similar to what he just said to, to the nation of Israel. He says it to their leader. He says, I want you to obey God's commands. I want you to trust in him. And I don't want you to be afraid of what's coming because you have the Lord on your side. You fear the Lord. You don't fear man. And then something very interesting happens after that. Moses gives us this kind of really powerful charge to the people. He gives it to Joshua in the sight of all of Israel so they know who their leader will be. Then almost immediately after that, the Lord turns to Moses and he says, I want you to write a song. And this song is going to be a song that is going to be sung one day when the people turn their backs on me. God says to Moses, One day, this nation is going to turn their backs on me. In fact, he says, after they enter the land, they are going to be influenced by the gods and the religion and the things that the people in that land understood. He says, they're going to turn. And they're going to turn their back on me, and I'm going to turn my back on them. And they're going to cry out and go, surely there is something terrible going on here because God has neglected us because we have neglected him. And so Moses sits down, and it's, it's in your Bibles. It's called the Song of Moses. And we, we haven't sung it at church in a while because it's kind of depressing. But it's, it's basically going to be a reminder one day for Israel when they turn around and they go, he was right, and we did turn our back on him. And so here's Joshua. And he is ready to lead his people. And he's just understood what God has said to Moses. That after they enter the land, they will turn their back on me. And I will turn my back on you. And so, Moses dies. And Joshua is left with the nation that God himself said would turn. Yet he has a a choice to make. There is a legacy that has been left by Moses a charge that has been given to him by his leader. And then God speaks to him in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I'll give you every place where you set your foot, As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Now think about that in light of what God has just said to Moses, what God had said to Moses previously. When they enter the land, they are going to turn their back on you. Now, Lord, the Lord all of a sudden speaks to, Joseph and he, oh, to Joshua and he says to him, when you go, no one's going to be able to stand up against you. I'm going to give you success. Then he carries on. He says this, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. We've heard that before. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. We've heard that before. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may have success wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on the day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. That's exactly what Moses warned them to do. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you again? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It sounds like the same thing being repeated over and over again, isn't it? Moses addresses his people. Moses then addresses Joshua. The Lord then says to Joshua, right, you're in charge. Now, here's what I want you to do. And I know you've heard this before from your leader, Moses. But I'm saying to you this again. And this is what I want you to do. But in the midst of all of this, I can't help but think, Joshua is going, what will happen? What is going to happen when we actually go into the land? Is God going to neglect us because we choose to follow foreign gods?" But the Lord had just said to I'm going to give you success wherever you go. And so he had a choice. He had a choice at this point what he was going to do. He could choose to, to try and figure out what he's going to do on his own. He could choose to, to trust in, in you know, the different things that would happen once they enter into the land. Or he could follow what his friend Moses said he should do. And what the Lord, his God, had told him to do. And there was a legacy that was left for him. A legacy worth following. And so he chose to follow the legacy of a man who followed God. And you know what happened. If you've never read through the book of, of Joshua, go home and read it as soon as you get home today. It is it just it reads like the most unbelievable movie or story you've you've ever seen in your whole life. This man takes over charge from Moses. And just as God said, i tell you what, Joshua, you hang on to me and my word. You be strong and courageous. You do not be afraid. And I'm going to give you everything. And no one's going to stand against you. And so he does. And the Lord opens the Jordan and they pass through. And, and as they approach Jericho, who, who knows what the, ba- the battle plan was other than God. And he, he then tells the people, this is what you should do. It seems crazy. They march around the city and the walls come crashing down. And no one stands against them. And battle after battle after battle, Joshua goes to claim their home against nations that did not want them there. Against nations that though some of them feared God, they they had no respect for him. They had no respect for the Israelites. These were nations that fought. These were nations that were were people who were willing to go to battle to defend everything they had. Kings that would go out of their way, who would die for their own nations. Going up against who? A bunch of people wandering in the desert who finally found themselves a home? No, against God's people, who Joshua chose to leave, who was told by Moses to be strong and courageous and do not fear. I'm leaving you a legacy of trust and faith in a God who is going to see you through. And you read about a story in chapter 10 of Joshua where the Gibeonites are, are, we we looked at this on Friday night, are being being attacked and there's these five kings with their five armies coming against them. The Gibeonites go to Joshua and they say, remember us, remember the pact you have with us to, to protect us, and so he does. And this is the story where the sun stands still in the sky, and there's this battle going on and to avenge, you know, for, for the Gibeonites to go back and, and, and avenge these people against what they were trying to do to them, Joshua fights their battle with them, and God goes with them. And, and so Joshua says to God, God, if, if, would, you, would you help us in this? And, and he puts his hands up in the sky, and as, and as long as they were there, the sun stood still for, for two whole days. There was sun in the sky so they could fight and fight and fight. And that's not even the coolest part of the story. They, they, as, as the men are in battle and as they're approaching and as all of this is going on, hail falls down from heaven and just obliterates the armies of the, of the Amorites. I mean, try and think about what that looks like in your mind. Imagine as Joshua is going into battle, he doesn't, he doesn't know what's going to happen. But he knows that God is going to be with him, that he's to be strong and courageous, that he's not to fear. He's to follow the legacy of this man. And God just wipes out this nation. In fact, it says that more people died and were were just absolutely taken out by the hailstones than than the, the army of Israel were able to take out themselves. And God goes before them and it says not one of them would be able to stand and not one of them did. And there's this incredible story where against all human odds, this little nation of Israel goes into this land that God said that he would give to them and they take what is rightfully theirs because God gave it to them in the face of nations and kings and people standing up to him and saying, this is ours. And they said, no, 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 you don't understand. We don't fear because a man named Moses went before us and he told us to be strong and courageous. He left the legacy that we saw lived out. So we're going to do it ourselves. And you read the things that Joshua and his, his men did. Things that if, it takes an incredible amount of faith to actually believe this actually happened. And this isn't up on the screen, but I just want to read this for you very quickly. This is in Joshua 21 verse 43. So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to give their ancestors. And they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave, her, gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their ancestors. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all the enemies into their hands. Listen to this. Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. And there you have this man Joshua who led this nation against all odds to take what was theirs because God had given it. And he's following the legacy of a man who followed after God and his own instructions to be careful to do everything that God has instructed them to do, to be strong and courageous, to not fear man, but rather to to fear God, to trust in him, to obey him, to be his people. That was the legacy that Joshua lived out. That was the legacy that he wanted his people to follow. So this is where we find ourselves in Joshua 23, chapter 23, verse 20, uh, sorry, verse 1. Now, just cast your minds back a few moments ago to where Moses addressed the nation. Joshua's doing the exact same thing. Joshua 23, verse 1. After a long time had passed, and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all Israel, the elders, leaders, judges, and officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all the nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the land of the nations that remain, the nations I conquered between the Jordan and the Mediterranean Sea in the west. He's saying to them, Here, here's what I'm going to give you. Here's, here's the land that I conquered. And I did this because of, of the Lord our God that we were serving. Here's what I'm leaving to you. This is the land. This is yours. This is your home now. This is what you get to keep. It says, the Lord, the, the Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. This, this is your inheritance. This is, this is a legacy that I'm leaving to you. This is a physical legacy that you can have and that, that you, can, you can hold on to. But then he says this in verse 6. Have we heard these words before? Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the right or to the left. We've heard that. Do not associate. Now listen to this. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. Do not invoke the, the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. What is he saying? This is what he's saying. There will come a time, and he knew this, there will will come a time where the nation would turn to foreign gods and serve those gods rather than the God that had given them the land. But, He was leaving for them a legacy that he hoped they would one day follow. And every day as he would go out into battle, he would leave a daily legacy. You read through the book of Joshua and you read about the man who followed God and his instructions. And the next day he'd go to battle. And for years at a time, he would travel away from where Israel was. And he would go out with his armies and he would fight and he would fight. And he would reclaim to give a physical inheritance to the people. A legacy that he could actually leave for them. But more importantly than that, at the very end of it all, what does he say to them? He says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to be very strong and courageous. And I want you to hang on to the things that were written in the law of Moses. You see how the Lord went before us? He did. There's coming a time where people will turn and follow foreign gods. But listen, listen, people. You hang on to God, even as you do now, and you cling on to him with all your heart. It was was the hope of an old man. that that these people would, would turn and these people would continue to follow the God that he had followed even up until now. His daily legacy turned into a legacy that one day he could now finally leave with the nation of Israel. So here's what I want us to finally read in chapter 24, verse 29. After all these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance, in Timnath, Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. Verse 31, Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. What did, what did Joshua know going into this? He knew on the one hand that he was to be strong and courageous because the Lord was going before him, and he was to fight as in the army of the Lord for what was their rightful inheritance. That he was to be strong and courageous, to fear nothing other than God, and to pass on this inheritance to the people. But on the other hand, he knew this, that there was coming a time where the people would turn And in fact, when God spoke to Moses years and years and years before that, this is what he said. He said, the nation of Israel are stiff-necked people who even now their hearts are hard towards me. So even when when Joshua had taken over the nation of Israel, he knew there was a chance at every moment that these people would turn and that they would follow foreign gods. It was even promised by God that this was coming. But what do we read? This is what we read. I'm going to read it again. The Lord, uh, Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua. That's an amazing legacy, isn't it? But here's, here's where it really comes into play. and Here's where we really want to focus our attention on today. The lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. Incredible. Against all odds, these people who would one day turn their hearts against God who were on the brink of it all the time, never, ever, ever, ever did they think of turning to another God while Joshua was alive, and while the people who served with him lived after him. As long as the people remember Joshua, they remember the legacy that he left. It's the power of a lifetime of living out daily a legacy that you hope to leave one day in the future. And so the kids have come in, and so kids, come find your your parents or whoever you came with today, and you can come and sit with them. This is what I want us to think about today, and this this is where I want to leave us today. It's as simple as asking the question we asked just now. Are you living a life, and are you living to leave a legacy that is worth following? Because here's the thing. These kids are going to follow the legacy that we live out, not the legacy that we want to live out. Are we living in a way that we can actually impact and leave a trace and a mark on the people that surround us every day as one day we hope to turn around and say, this is what I have, have left. You choose now what you'll follow. For Moses, it was that Joshua would hopefully choose to follow what he did and the nation would choose. For Joshua, it was that he would get to the end of his life and he hoped that the people would follow him, and they did. They did one day turn to foreign gods, and they did one day have to see God turn his back on them. But not in the lifetime of Joshua and not in the time that the people remembered who he was. That is the power of a legacy worth following. So the question for us today is this. Are we living to leave a legacy worth following? Are we living to leave a legacy that we actually want to leave behind on a daily basis and at the end of, of our lives? You know, there are so many things on a legacy list that I think we would want to write down. But perhaps for us here today, where we should start is where Joshua started as he followed Moses and as Moses followed God, which was what? To be strong and courageous, to fear the Lord, to make sure that we leave behind a legacy where people understand that we do not turn from the right or to the left of what God's word says and that we're strong and courageous in a world that against everything that we see, we have the chance to represent God as his people. And so this is what I want us to do as we close off today. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for our families. And if if you're here today with um, with a family member or with you, your your parents are here, make sure you're you're with them. If you're here by yourself, then just snuggle up to someone close. And if you're a husband and wife here today and and you don't you don't have kids yet, um, if you're If you're someone who's not even married yet, it it, it doesn't matter. This is is not talking about a a legacy that we have to only pass down to our kids. This is a legacy that that anyone can leave and everyone should leave because we're all going to leave a legacy one day. So I want you guys to get close to the people that you value the most. So I'm going to have Kirst come up and um, and we're going to pray together. And I'm going to pray for all of us. And then we're going to sing a song um, and we'll be done. But are we living to leave a, a legacy that we actually want to leave behind? A life where, where people will actually look at it, whether it be on a daily basis or whether it be at the end of our lives, because that's what it's all going to stack up to. But my hope and my prayer is this, that you and I, every day when we, when we walk away and when we leave people, they would understand there is something incredible about the life of the people that I'm with, of this person that I'm with. Because I think they actually are wanting to leave something for me to follow. Maybe they'll choose to do it. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your church. Thank you for your word. God, we're so grateful for men of faith like Joshua and Moses who who are willing to leave a legacy. But in order to do that, God, they had to live it out every single day. Father, would you you help us to to think about this in our own lives? As we sit with our friends, as we sit with our our families, with with husbands and, and wives and with our kids, and as we think about the people we value the most, whether they're with us here or whether they're far away even right now, God, we pray that you would help us to consider the legacy that we're leaving for those that we want to follow. And, God, that we would think about those that we may meet once in our lifetimes, yet, God, it would be too, so, so far in the front of our minds that our hope is that even people like that would see a legacy worth following. So, God, give us the things that, that we should value, the things that we should live out, the things that, that we hope people would follow. And then, God, would you help us to actually do it like Joshua did? That, God, even at the end of our lives and long after we're gone, we'd see the ripple effect of the trace of the impact of the legacy that we get to leave behind. Father, we thank you for so many who have gone before us, who have left the legacy for us to follow. Father, I thank you for my family. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for their parents. Thank you for the people in this room who impact me. And on a daily basis, I get to choose the legacy that I get to to follow. So God, would you just work in all of our hearts to daily leave a legacy that one day would stack up to a legacy worth following, that people might choose to follow it. That God, we'd be careful how we live because the days are evil. But God, you are good. We just pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.